0: and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about split personalities, generous tips, and pennies from heaven, wishes make magic appear out of nowhere. It's not, this is not a musical episode, it's not a musical episode of the podcast, uh, but we're opening it up that way. I am Beth Alderkin, I'm joined as always by the lovely
1: Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm disappointed in myself I knew you were gonna sing that and I have not a lighter in this room no lighter anywhere just it didn't even have a lighter app on the phone I know I might but my phone is what's recording I just oh, my hands right. were tied my hands were absolutely <laughs> tied what, what what
0: can I possibly
1: do <laughs> um. Well,
0: everyone, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 23, An Untold Story, the uh, finale of Season 5, Part 2, and they all—they both aired at the same time. We already covered uh, the previous episode. This one was written by the showrunners and directed by Dean White. And even though it's like a season finale on Once Upon a Time, which is presumably like usually...
1: Big-ass stuff. Um, nothing happens in this episode. Uh, this... It had all the makings of something... Something. I feel like they had a nugget of an idea. Like, it was explaining, like, wow, this is great, let's polish it up. And then no one polished it. And then it just went out into the world the way it is. Because I... So many questions... That I feel never get explained. Such as how the realm hopping works. Other uh-huh. than wishes from random New Yorkers during a gorilla uh, brand activation that they still don't understand. How. Uh, uh, what, what was going on with this? Like why we're talking about Regina's past self like it's a different person. I, I, I have a problem with that. <laughs> And then just the bait and switch of just being like, also, you know how it's Jekyll and Hyde? Also, we're immediately getting rid of that and we're turning them into two different things. That whole Chekhov's gun of this is the same person is just going to be immediately removed from the table. I guess. Also, the dragon's here.
0: Also, the dragon's here. And the dragon is... um, Let's just say I felt bad for the actor because... This actor deserves better than to be portrayed in this very stereotypical way.
1: Yeah, I I feel like there's a way. Because there is this line of just being able to, hey, we would like to portray the magic of a different culture without it being clearly put together by someone not of that culture. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what it is. It's just like someone who walked into like, a Chinese store one day went this is great I love this let's base an entire everything I've needed to know about this and I read the wiki page and I'm ready to go like there's so much there's so much they could have done there and then they didn't and then they killed him like <laughs> like just sorry waving our hands yeah well let's go ahead and
0: start in the land of untold stories where people walk from place to place then they do a little running to a place. They backtrack to where they were before. And then they leave.
1: I mean, but it's probably like, we can move on now. We're, well, that's that's literally yeah. the whole thing that happened there. There's two set pieces that they meander back and forth to. And that Sam Witwer then destroys. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I, Okay, so we'll get to that because I, I thought it was kind of funny. But so basically what happens is that Dr. Jekyll wakes up and Mm -hmm. he sees a note from the warden and he's just like ha ha you almost got me old chap Do so they go he goes back to the weird like electrified cattle cage that the others are being kept in i the way that they were arguing with each other seemed like they did almost i i wouldn't have um batted an eye if you told me that the director to be method did actually lock them in that thing for 15 hours with no food and water and just said, you have to be in character before I let you out. So they were all just screaming at each other in character because they were genuinely furious with each other (laughs) because it was such a bizarre energy to give them. They were not holding up well in prison together. Hook was trying to like pick the lock. Zelina was mad about it. Snow and Charming were just, there and then it was then okay and so then dr jekyll comes back he's like oh i got the i got the wand fixed but then then the warden took it i feel like at some point someone would have said can we know his name it's weird that you just keep calling him this because snow is the one that puts it together in crisis what's going on but that's just me he lets him out they're gonna escape they don't escape.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of instances of like the orderly. Like it starts with him like passed out, presumably from being drunk. And then he just like randomly pops into this room, be like, aha. Time
1: I was, to-. I was awake the whole time. I don't understand the orderlies like anything about him. Why? What's his motivation? Because I feel like, do we see him again? No, I don't think so. No, and, like, I wonder if Mr. Poole is, like, a reference to Jekyll
0: and Hyde. Uh, I honestly don't know. A uh, Little funny tidbit, the actor who plays him, Arnold Pinnock, you might recognize him uh, because he was the the main police officer in The Night Before Christmas. What? <laughs> the one who, like, brings Sir Cole Circle, to the hospital and is like, oh, he must have amnesia. Here, random school teacher, take him home. What yeah, the him. What? I'm sorry. Hold on. What movie are you talking about? The Night Before Christmas.
1: Remember the Christmas movie with Vanessa Hudgens with okay, the night so who travels in time. Hold on. I don't know did if Patreon about it. I I don't know if you f- I filled it in in your he- my head or you actually said it, but I thought you said Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh God. I, went, <laughs> I don't remember any of that happening in the claymation version. Oof. Did you get a director's cut? <laughs> I mean Tim
0: Burton he's just he's full of surprises he just went back in and backfilled it with with a cop and
1: and a knight that has amnesia why not <laughs> oh yeah so okay so then they're like walking around town and they're like oh. well if he can blend in like cuz like the, okay so I'm sorry then then Mr. Hyde comes in and like assaults them but they still escape well yes yeah.
0: so the or, so Mr. Poole get has the the um the, the the juice and like just the juice. splashes it on his face. He's like, Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like maybe like a drop gets in his mouth, but apparently it's all you need. We get the special effect again. It never improves. In fact, no. it gets worse. They 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 fully split from each other. Oh, not yet. No, not yet didn't they? Like he turns no. into Hyde. They run away, That's and then right. Hyde I'm is sorry. like, "Ooh, the what is? Oh, this. I know exactly what this is. This serum." That I may, that's, I know. He
1: he let you come back so you could finish your serum with these flowers that you were tending. Sorry, so little happens. I've combined the few things that do happen. (laughs) Yeah. So, so like there's the blue potion that switches them, but then there's the red potion that switches them back. Okay, so, or splits them apart. So he goes back into being Mr. Hyde. He starts choking everybody and they, like, so they, they run away. They're like, we have to go. It's terrible. In this process, Dr. or er, Mr. Hyde. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> just felt like I was losing my brain for a second. Has the special potion so he can split himself. Right. Because that's his yeah, whole he, plan. He yeah, wants he, to be his own man. Yeah. Which, which
0: seems weird that Jekyll was so nervous about like making, he was so determined to make sure Hyde didn't discover it. But then in the end, Hyde wants it too. So I'm like, well, why didn't you just let Hyde know? I guess maybe because he didn't think Hyde would would want it. And Hyde's like, ha ha, it's all part of my plan. I'm the Rumpel of this world.
1: Yeah. The motivations of everybody is confusing. Mm -hmm. I guess not so much of Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde is just like, hey, you guys all suck. I hate Rumpelstiltskin. I want to get everybody out of here. And I don't want to be Dr. Jekyll anymore i would like to be my own man 24 7 which is a fair motivation i still don't understand dr jekyll don't understand the orderly i barely understand the main characters we've been following for this entire time like i just everyone is just so chaotically moving from set piece to set piece so they get split the heroes come back to save dr jekyll they're like we will save you and he's like great cool so they like leave
0: Can we please talk about the special effect of them splitting
1: apart? Because it is just so deliciously bad. It's comically bad, and it gets worse when they are trying to make it work with Regina. (gasps) And they put her in a giant cupcake cupcake dress. So that part of the split involves yards and yards of tulle. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, the split is... um, it's rough. It's rough. The uh the the special
0: effects budget like was being stretched thin and they had to cut a few corners with this effect in particular. The yeah. uh the Marvel snap
1: dusting, that actually looked very good. Yes.
0: Uh, I feel,
1: I feel like that, it was one of the cases where they were like they spent a lot of time on the Marvel snap dusting. And they're like don't worry, we'll go back. We'll go back. And then they never went back. <laughs> <laughs> and they just went oh well let's go with it because i i mean i again nugget of a cool idea i like the red with like the blue on the sides of it. it's all very like space and sciencey looking when they do it <laughs> when they pull apart it's like a sitcom where they're like stepping through like a split screen be like <laughs> we're different now freaky friday and the direction
0: the actors were were not given good direction to how to navigate these these transitions or these splits they were just told presumably to just scream weird like even regina her acting in her split is bad yeah and she doesn't do bad acting like that is i feel like that's something that's should be impossible for her yeah. so you gotta fudge up real good. But yeah, so' they're, they're separated. they get hot, they get Jekyll and they escape and they go and uh, have a bunch of uh, classic character cameos that will never be followed up on.
1: No, no. We get some lore about the area that the this is the land of untold stories. They're, they're from all over the place. Hyde is in charge question mark. It's unclear. Um, he seems to act like he's in charge, so I guess he's in charge. Um, and, yeah, I I do... Zelina has a fun line, because they go back to Dr. Jekyll's, like, lab at one point. He's like, this is my lab! And Zelina's like, oh, so there's not a lot of untold stories about maids, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Which... Which which I had to, like, stop for a second because it brought up every single time for the last several weeks that we have gone on tangents about people with unfinished business. Because we have now segued into untold stories, which is the same
0: question mark? I didn't really put that together, but you're right.
1: Because it's the same thing we were talking about when we would make jokes. Be like, oh, I guess there weren't just a lot of, you know insert joke here with unfinished business. Now it's, the joke will continue. The bit continues into the next season of, oh, I guess, I guess there weren't a lot of um, barbers with unfinished business. (laughs) Or not unfinished business, with an untold story because everyone's hair looks a fright. The the note I want to make for this this scene, this marketplace scene. Yeah. uh,
0: Is... It was. I remember the first time we watched it, I was very excited because mm-hmm. look at all these new characters we're going to get. Look at look at this weird hodgepodge thing. We're going back to our roots now with time and wisdom and experience. I know that's not the case. So just two takeaways. One, I liked seeing the nods to different characters. You saw a Moby Dick reference Three Musketeers, Davy Crockett, uh, Esmeralda. Like you saw a bunch of nods, but sprinkled in there. Were costumes I can only describe as somebody wearing steampunk at a renaissance fair? Yeah. yeah. Like, like full on, like short tool, like dresses with like the goggles and like, did people just, were people just told to bring this from home? Because these didn't look like professional costumes in a professional environment.
1: I uh, And honestly, like it. it- it didn't even have like cuz i was thinking about it and i was like well maybe they just like crashed an actual ren fair and said hey who wants to be in this we're going to prioritize people and <laughs> team but like even people that are at ren fairs their costumes look better
0: oh um, well, yeah yeah but, you're right i, I don't
1: want to like knock on ren fair no, no, i don't want to knock on steampunk you're right though Yeah. like it does look like bad ren bad ren fair bad ren fair yes but like for the most part people who go to ren fair especially now maybe again this is the lens of 7 years later um oh god But, like, Ren Fairs have become a whole situation now. It's kind of like the resurgence of, like, with Marvel, Comic Cons have become, like, the Met Gala of nerds. So, it's, everyone's gone up a whole different level from every single year. So, like, Renaissance Fairs, now you go and it's a whole situation. Everyone's got the whole things. I I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, they do go kind of heavy on the steampunk vibe Mm
0: -hmm. with the
1: Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde situation because steampunk so hot in uh, 2016 so hot yeah and I don't like I don't
0: begrudge them for that like especially in that story I feel like it makes sense and it works it was just very funny to see the some of the costumes looking like period accurate stuff that they pulled from deep in the closet at the studio and then the others were just like okay grab this vest grab a top hat grab this big skirt and oh, you just wear your boots from home and you're
1: good. It, it it was bad. It was steampunk outfits designed by people who don't get steampunk. Spirit Halloween steampunk. Spirit Halloween steampunk. Correct. That's the answer. Boom boom boom. <laughs> One million dollars to bet. Um yeah, like again, you're right. It does but it also just kinda looks like speaking of spirit Halloween, it just seems like someone was having like a closing sale and everyone like ran to grab something because The mismatch, I won't get too deep in this, but the way that I feel about, like, if all of these people were living together, all of their clothes would start to kind of homogenize. There would be a a, a culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, to me, if they're trying to say that all these untold stories just keep getting dropped in here, there would be a collective uh, fashion. And it could be a hodgepodge of stuff, but they would all kind of need to be the same-ish because there's no way that it was just like, oh, I as the Three Musketeers, me and my buddies who are the Three Musketeers, continue to wear this even though the weather does not call for it and we're not doing Three Musketeers things and the steampunk kids are over there doing their thing. Weed. Where are these people shopping? What is this marketplace if not selling all of the same kind of garments? Like, who's the tailor that's working on fifteen different outfits every single day? Anyway, that was just yeah. my complaint. I
0: mean, so this is pretty much the it. Like, they walk around learning nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Then Hyde shows up, chases them around, and they escape. And this is the last we see of the land of untold stories. Yep. It doesn't come back. Well done. And I, my question, I want to posit for you. Okay. Is, how does that make you feel? Like, why do you think they didn't continue the land of Untold Stories, and what is your thought about it?
1: So, I think it, honestly, it all comes back to, it all comes back to Neverland. Because they got so much flack for leaving. <laughs> leaving Storybrooke. Leaving Neverland. They went to Never. They spent so long with those jungle set pieces and where they were doing Neverland, people wanted to be back in Storybrook. It's why the underworld was just Storybrook. So they couldn't they wouldn't stray too far from the path. Like, it's just that's exactly what like they they wouldn't go far. So you can't give the Land of Untold Stories for that amount of time because they don't wanna upset the fan base because they don't quite understand what was so upsetting about it. They're like we just have to be in Storybrooke. We have to get everybody back to Storybrooke, the underworld, Storybrooke. Land of Untold Stories, uh Storybrooke but like old timey, and we won't spend a lot of time there. That's that's what I think. I think that they just didn't want to spend more time away in 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 fear of Neverland happening again. Mm.
0: And I guess that would probably explain why Camelot was the way it was, not because, you know, they wanted it to look like Storybrook, but because they wanted it to look like the Enchanted Forest. It's like, give yeah. them the two locations that
1: everybody likes the most. But it's also why they entwined the stories in such a clunky way of being mm-hmm. like, hey, they're going to be at Camelot for a while, but don't worry, we're telling us two stories at once. So almost every episode will be at least half Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. So they're never again they're never going too far from that so that's that's what i think it is i don't like it because and i remember how excited we were how young and naive both of us were <laughs> uh at the excitement about this that then it never comes to be it's just like a couple of characters kind of show up in storybrook next season and that's it i mean oh i think don't they at one point have all of the children go to this giant school that never existed before i remember there being a lot of untold stories about children and then suddenly snow had to go back to work Um, yes but not a lot of adults came because there was just like oh by the way some submarine people are here the count of monte cristo is here end of list see you later we're gonna focus on the jekyll and hyde thing so much cool stuff they could have done well, yeah, and they also do
0: Agrabah and Aladdin. Oh, but, yes. And then they okay. also do the Evil Queen, which is their big focus, which mm. is let's go ahead and venture into New York City. Because we don't get back to Storybrook until the very end of the episode. Storybrooke, now the property of Mr.
1: Hyde. <laughs> He's I, like, I own this town now. I'm obsessed with this coup. That his coup is my favorite. He just showed up and went, I own this. And everyone went, oh, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, no, you
0: don't. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Damn Ooh. it. Got us again. All right. So in New York City, we've got um, Henry is, I guess, pissed at Violet. Like, he's kind of jerked to her for some reason because he's just taking it out on her, which I do not care for. That he- Mr. Gold... His
1: grandpa got them again. Listen, he can't, he can't treat uh, women from Connecticut like this. They they will smile until they stab you. <laughs> you should <laughs> be careful. about. It.
0: And so he's mad because, you know, Rumpel came in, knocked him unconscious and took the crystal. Um, and then Emma and Regina are trying to figure out how to help Henry and how to get the crystal from gold. And a lot of back and forth and then also <laughs> there's a long, long, long scene involving a waiter <laughs> bringing a meal to Rumple, seeing all the occult stuff in the world. I thought he was going to be murdered. Same. Same. He wasn't murdered. Instead, he got a, a Chris Benjamin and was I- told to leave him alone. <laughs>
1: I'm so kid- this whole interaction was so strange. It did not need to be made this way at all. Because no. it's just sir I have you-. again, the whole thing is a lead up. Like I feel like it was intentional to make us think that he was about to like straight up murder a man and then it like that's not what happened. Um but he's just like, "Hello sir, here is your and what does he say? Like, bolo- like, bolognese. And he opens it up and it's like, a steak. The um, An amazing looking steak. He's like, Loo-hoo. oh my god, sir. I'm so sorry. I cannot believe that I did not check this literally before walking in. <laughs> I'm so terrible at my job. And then Rumble's just like, hey man, it's fine. And then just throws it. Because <laughs> all he wants is the sterling silver thing. The whatever you call it, a platter. it's not a platter. It's like a serving tray. And he's like, no matter. Throws it. I'm pretty sure you could have just called down like a normal person and been like, hey, can I get one of the silver serving trays? Like, I don't need food on it. It would just be a waste. But like, can I borrow it for like an like an hour? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, you'd be surprised how far you can get by just like politely asking for things. Rumpel, on the other hand, is going to do this whole dramatic thing where he then throws it. And then like, he's like, yeah, the crisp hundo hey it's gonna get a little messy the guy's like it's already messy you threw a steak
0: yeah like you know what at least maybe if you don't want the steak okay that's your business offer it to the server
1: you know also it's gonna get a little messy my man you have magic (laughs) don't leave it a mess yeah clean it up boy scout motto leave it how you found it leave no trace Get it together.
0: I will point out that um, the actor who played the server, uh, I'm not going to try and, sp- uh, is Nikolai Witchel. Okay. Uh, I knew I recognized him. He is in pretty much every single notable Canadian television public <laughs> TV show ever. Was he in Letterkenny? On- hmm?
1: Is he in Letterkenny? I don't
0: know that, that, that. No, I meant like American shows that are filmed in Canada. Oh, so, like, okay. He's been on Riverdale. He's been on Yellow Jackets, uh, Motherland, Fort Salem, Schmigadoon, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, I, Zombie, The Magician, Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Like this guy, he only does like one to two episodes and he's always playing a what looks like to be a creepy guy. But I'm like, this guy freaking works. Like, hey I mean, him- listen, when you got a vibe, go for it. Lean in. Oh, and and he was in Deadpool 2 playing an orderly so we get an orderly like crossover Fantastic, <laughs> yeah one Fantastic. Fun time carries through any who so yeah so the, he gets a hundred dollars and is told to, to just leave the room alone and you know what i gotta hand one thing to rumple the well the bill's probably counterfeit he probably might made it through magic and it's gonna disintegrate in like 20 minutes uh, but at least he didn't murder the guy. So, Pro- growth, personal growth, Rumple.
1: <laughs> He's actually become like a witch in the woods. The $100 bill actually turns into a scrap piece of paper that tells the waiter how he will eventually die <laughs> with the date <laughs> and time. <laughs> because as we remember, Rumple has the forward thought, uh, seeing vision that he literally never utilizes anymore. Nope. And the writers have forgotten that he has.
0: They've totally spaced out on it. Um, so Emma and Regina decide they need to come up with a plan. The plan is bad and quickly does not do much. Regina goes to basically like goes undercover. You know, it didn't work with the Queens of Evil. It's not going to work with with their (laughs) with their
1: daddy. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to get you like a jar. I'm going to get you a daddy jar. A daddy jar. (laughs) Uh, so i i would like to point out that i i i love the just like blasé casualness of like weird stuff happening in new york and no one batting an eye about it Mm -hmm. like they approach the building and it's like got like the only building that has a cloud and lightning and it's like weird lightning and no one's looking no one's pointing no one's weird and afraid same thing with the dust later (laughs) no one is like yo, what's this? What's happening?
0: Yeah, or the fountain exploding. Like, you know, there's one thing about New York is there's going to be there is a permanent drama from 9/11. Yeah. And if anything happens that is like that, like big giant l- ominous clouds above a building, people are going to take notice and and get worried. Like so the, like there's, a whole, you, there's yeah. a whole like oh, New Yorkers don't care about anything. They do care about a few things
1: they would all be moving they would not be screaming but they would definitely be moving and in and in, in, in a... there's a whole 30 rock joke that i always think is funny where they're like you know what everyone likes fireworks i'm gonna do low to the ground fireworks that everyone can enjoy all around this building in the middle of like the night for no reason with no warning and so it's just a bunch of fireworks exploding at ground level near a building near 30 rock or near rockefeller center and everyone panicking just nah! it's like this was a terrible plan um, so yeah, so they decide to make a plan, and there's, like, this just whole, like, no! No! my because like, they found out that the others, like, Granny sent her a text on, I guess, her sidekick. <laughs> She's like, hey, just FYI, everyone went through, like, a weird portal, and they haven't been back. They took the sorcerer's wand. Your sister's gone, and Regina's like, no, not another soul. I cannot have more blood on my hands. We must go. We must save them. <sighs> so... They they're like we're gonna make a plan and then cut to the plan like not a cut to like a different scene and then later there's the plan it's a, there will be a plan cut do knock 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 hey Rumple I've decided I'm the queen again
0: which was kind of weird because the last almost one of the last things we hear Regina say is I'll just do it myself yep and then and then Emma says we need a plan. And then we cut to Regina saying, Emma doesn't know I'm here. I think they were trying to make it ambiguous. Like, we don't know whether, like, is she? Did she go rogue? You know, did she abandon Emma? Is Emma in on this? We don't, I mean, obviously we know Emma's in on it. Like, we, I, we know that for sure. I just but I wish think they, they wouldn't
1: were- have showed Emma. Sneaky. Yeah. If Rumple would have just been like, come on in, Swan. And she's like, what the fuck? She's like, got the burglar, like, <laughs> the Sims burglar outfit on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we literally just had this scene with Cora, Zelina, and Regina. Yeah, like this literal scene. But like, so anyway, so yeah, so yeah. Regina comes over to Rumple's hotel room, and she's like, "I want to let the Evil Queen out," and I, and this is where, this is where we can talk about the split thing because I know it becomes more of a physical. thing moment later in the episode. But this is where the conversation really starts. They were teasing it back in the previous episode where they were Regina was really talking about, you know, the suffering and the torment and stuff. That conversation she was having in the previous episode, I thought worked well enough because she was still taking responsibility. You know, she's right. But in this whole episode, she it feels like she's making herself blameless by compartmentalizing all the bad she did and making it a separate entity than herself.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly what she's doing. She's even calling, she's like, that's the evil queen. No, you are the evil queen. Like, it's, you don't, like, Rumpel kind of touches on it where he talks about how, like, he's telling Regina that she's got part of herself partitioned off. Which mm-hmm. I guess is fair, where it's just like, de- that's just denial. Where you haven't processed the, the things that you've done. And we've talked about this. We've talked about how Regina doesn't own up to any of that stuff. And she just kind of like locks it in the back of her brain. Which is a way of dealing with things. It's not a good way. But it is a way. But then, you're right. She starts making herself blameless by being like, oh, that was a different... That was a different person. And it... Like, I have a hard time not relating it to, like, I know we were talking about, like, maybe, like, drug-related problems. But, like, we can also talk about it, like, mental health-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were unmedicated and you were being, like, a terror. <laughs> because sometimes, like, when you have some of these undiagnosed, like, when you're undiagnosed, like, I, I don't think bipolar is a thing anymore. Is it just manic depression? And then, like, things like that. If you don't have those things under control, you you are, it feels like you're a different person. It mm-hmm. feels like the things you're doing you don't have control over and then you start taking medication and now you've you can you're you're in a little bit better control and like to like blame that on like a different person like is so I don't know. I don't like it because then they also kind of start they start dancing around calling it a split personality and it's not. Like it's just she she broke. She became evil for a while. She came up out of it through a lot of her own like her own redemption stuff like found her feelings again start let herself be vulnerable again to act like it was just like a, an on-off switch of a different person is bad on a number of levels mental health wise and like other ways it also i feel like it sells short
0: regina's journey and character growth Mm-hmm. because it's compartmentalizing a, a part of her and and externalizing it and making it this like I mean it, it's it's pretty much everything that you said I agree 100% and the thing I will add to it is it feels especially unpleasant when you consider the fact that out of everybody in the town Regina's the only one who didn't actually have a split split personality Cause she didn't. She was not given false memories in Storybrooke. Mm-mm. You remember whole David. We are both. I'm David. Mm-hmm. I am Prince Charming. Everybody in that town has false memories and real ones, including Henry and mm-hmm. Emma, which we talk they about were, in this episode. Yeah, which we talk about in this episode. So like Regina arguably is the only one who doesn't have that, and for her to not only externalize the the darker parts of her personality, and then for everyone around her to accept that as truth and reinforce it, including Snow, feels really wrong because it's unfair to Regina and it's unfair to everyone around her. And, And it would be one thing if in the end... It's Regina realizing I am both, she is me, and bringing her back in. I can't remember if that's what
1: happens or not. I, I feel like we were very disappointed that that was not a, there's not a we are both standing on top of the cop car situation. I will say it's also like, and I know ever I know that he's a, it's a mixed topic at the moment, but I did watch John Mulaney's new special, and it's very dark. My God, a man going through a sober journey. He's in a very rough spate. But he does talk about his, like his his uh, narcotics use. But he talks about it like himself. Like it's like it's it wasn't a past person. It was still him, and he does have that conversation where he's like, "That's that was who I was, and now this is who I am. It's not a different person. It's the same person." And he takes accountability for that, kind of in a weird jokey way. But like it's the same thing. Like if you would have been like, "No, that was that was a different John Malik it's like, "No, it's still the same dude." Same guy. So, same thing. Same thing with Regina. You're, you are the evil queen. You are not suffering from some sort of like, I don't know. You're not, yeah. You did all those things yourself.
0: And, and yeah, and she wasn't always the evil queen. She became the evil queen through choices and through actions. It wasn't like this hostile takeover of her body and soul. And like, you know, we all have those kind of experiences. Like I have a history with anxiety, like very severe anxiety, panic attacks, things like that. And it would very much impact my my life and how I interacted with other people. And I've since gone on, you know, I'm on Prozac and I go therapy and I feel like a different person. But I'm still the same person and the things that happened in my past because of my anxiety are still part of me. Yeah. And it's like it's not a separate person. And I the only reason they're doing this is well twofold. One, they're trying to do a parallel with Jekyll and Hyde, which
1: does not work. No, it does not. Because they're very different situations. Very clunky.
0: And two Because they want to bring the evil queen back as a character, the only way they can do that while still keeping Regina as herself is to literally split them apart, which is about to happen. But first we have to go to a fountain with a lion and save magic. Please don't. Please don't do this. (laughs) Beth, no. I'm going to preface this by saying I, honest to God, forgot about the lion. And I texted Abby the moment I saw it because... I could
1: not believe that I'd forgotten this. I I believe Is- I <laughs> mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last week. And there was a genuine, like, I don't even think you processed what I said. Like, it wasn't nope. like you didn't understand. But you were just like, it's just a weird thing Abby said. Like, no, no. I very much remembered. It's the only thing I remember. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, they're in New York. We're getting soaked. Like, it was like, we're in the library. Oh, my God. They're so close to the lion. We can't, I can't do this again. I can't relive it. Please don't make me go through this. And then I did. And it was like, when she texted me, it was in all caps, guys. She's like, I forgot about Henry and the lion. I'm like, how? How did you forget <laughs> it? It's what has trauma bonded us.
0: Well, let's, 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 let's stride through, uh, take a journey to lead us to Henry and the lion. Uh, Emma's there, Regina in, in Gold's room. Uh, Rumple's there, Regina's there, Emma's there, and they're all just kind of hoo ha ing each other until Henry shows up and is like, "I'm mad. I hate magic. It's terrible. I've got this cup, and it's going it, and then it sucks all the magic out of the crystal, and presumably, like, it's destroyed." Like it's gone into like a vortex and there's no getting it back. Mm-hmm. But it's a well, there's a way of getting it back through the power of wishes. So just put a pin in that because there's, there's a backup plan and the backup plan is pennies from heaven in a fountain. I. <laughs> it's so bad. This might be one of the worst things that the showrunners have ever written in the show.
1: It is the ending of the movie Elf. <laughs> the best way to spend Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. It's the ending to Elf. Spoiler alert! And in Elf, it worked because here all singing, it
0: does not.
1: And they're all singing. But the the best part about I'm just gonna talk about Elf. I know it's middle of May, but in in Elf, like when you get to that part of the movie, you feel the Christmas magic. You're just like, oh my gosh! Like you're part of it. You're part of what's happening. Watching a bunch of jaded New Yorkers buy this I'm not part of the magic I'm not looking for a body of water to throw a quarter into I don't know what to do what is this <laughs> well right after Henry
0: has uh, dissipated the magic and destroyed it forever uh, Rumple's first reaction is to turn to him and go good going dumbass you just doomed your
1: grandparents <laughs> just oh yeah by the way they're trapped in a different realm and because you didn't let any of us speak which to be fair is 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 the right move Rumpel to not an, let them speak yeah like you yeah. just go in and act because yep. giving rumple time to speak is giving rumple time to get out of whatever is going on so like the fact that he blames henry for being smart <laughs> about this i'm not saying that what he did was smart but the way he went about it was smart if that makes sense mm-hmm. um rumple should be just like wow that's what you do because Zelina even says it earlier in the episodes: shoot first ask questions later Yep. And that's what Henry did, and it worked out just about as well as it works for Zelena, because apparently <laughs> Hyde, by the way, can absorb magic. I got I uh, okay yeah woo science.
0: science um and and then so then Henry storms out. Violet goes on is on his heels because her only purpose is to support Henry. She has no life other than that. She will live. She will die for Henry. Um and then. We get this really weird moment where Emma and Regina are like, oh, no, what's happening to Storybrooke? Did everybody just, you know, who's who's there still get sucked up into this little void and, and disappear in a puff of smoke? And he goes, no, it wasn't actually in danger. Um, just the mat, just the magic in the crystal. I lied to you so that you would help me get Henry. I- but like. It calls into question every claim that gold
1: has ever made. Yeah. And is that something we should be doing? Because it literally just continues to snowball. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. There is someone that's magic. But isn't this the land without magic? It is, but it isn't. Nemo's like, stop with the riddles. Okay, everything he's told you is a lie. And we should never believe him for the rest of his life. Because it, he's only wrong... When he needs to be. And when he's wrong, he's lying. Like, it's just like, no, JK, I'm lying. He's like a, he's like a cat that falls off a table. I meant to do that. It's fine. Click, click, click. <laughs> it's fine. I, I hated this because it's also like backtracking everything. Mm-hmm. You can't call it. We've been calling it the Land Without Magic since day one. Literally day one. And now we are undoing the Land Without Magic. I don't you, like this at all. And you also can't,
0: like, set up stakes in the same way that you always set up stakes. And then just be like, oh, actually, those the stakes weren't real. I made them up. Because the way they presented it is that Storybrooke will disappear when the magic's, when, if the magic is destroyed. Storybrooke mm-hmm. will disappear because it is made of magic. This was a conflict that matches pretty much every other conflict in scale, intensity, and purpose, and usually told by Rumple. Rumple's usually the one that shares this information because he's always the one in the know. And so, for this one to be, oh, it was a lie, for the sole reason of the writers wrote themselves into a corner and needed to back out quickly because they can't un they can't unalive a tiny baby in a in, to- in a town of Storybrooke.
1: I listen. I'm fine with sometimes when you get yourself into a corner and you have to like fix it from season to season. It's like, if you watch like the, the sequels, the star Wars, the newest trilogy, six to nine, or I'm sorry, seven to nine. And like, I think it's in the, I think it's in seven. Kylo Ren gets this gnarly gash across his face. They fit, they have to move it. They move his scar for the next movie because it was physically impractical to give Adam driver that big of a scar for a whole movie and then to do it again for the next movie where they give him a healed scar you just can't do it doesn't make sense i think they did the same thing with game of thrones like in game of thrones Tyrion takes a really bad um injury to his i think his nose as well but they do it differently in the show because it doesn't make sense if that happens like if you do something because you think it sounds cool and then the next season you're just like we can't do this it physically can't be done i will give you i will give you the benefit of the doubt Sometimes that happens. This literally happened within three episodes. <laughs> There's no way you wrote yourself into a corner and then we're just like, we're not going to go back and fix it.
0: It was literally in the same two-parter. It was yeah. literally the episode before. They wrote these episodes together to be to be aired together. Yeah. So they wrote themselves in a corner that they immediately got themselves out. Anyway, as all of this is going on, Emma, oh, they, um... Emma goes out to Henry and I don't know what was going on with Jennifer Morrison in this episode. I don't know if she was bored. I don't know if she'd taken like an extra dose of her her chill chill tea. I don't know. She's weirdly subdued in this episode. She she actually took the whole gummy. She She did take half. She took the whole gummy and she was vibing so hard. Nothing could face her in this whole episode and not in a false confidence way, not in an actual confidence way, in a
1: I'm very disconnected from what's going on kind of way. Mm -hmm. That's 100% what was going on. And it's not good because poor the actor who plays Henry was given a lot to do in this episode. A lot of emotional baggage needed to be carried. He needed all the support he could get. And none of none of anything that was happening was supporting this at all. And I felt so bad for him. Because it was so... Everything about this was poorly executed. From the moment Emma and Henry start talking about throwing pennies into the well. And about their previous life launching into his speech. And then the, the Connecticut conversation. All of this is just... It's 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 hard. It's tough.
0: I feel for Jared Gilmore in this episode cuz there is a lot put on his shoulders and he didn't like you said he did not have a lot of support. Like even the kiss, apparently that was his first kiss. Oh no. And on top of it, the the guys who play Hook and Charming were apparently in like a car off 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 like off-screen like making kissy faces at a window. Like I don't I'm sure that. And I'm like I get it, like, you're, you guys are all close, and it's cute, and whatever, but also, like, this is this kid's first kiss, and you guys are being kind of
1: dicks. I wonder if they knew that at the time. You know what I, I mean? I don't... Yeah, that's a... Yeah, it's a fair point. And it only works, and it's only not weird... Well, maybe it's still weird, because, like, eh, now nah, I'm not gonna... Mila Kunis' his first kiss was Ashton Kutcher on that 70s show, and now they're married and have children! Hooray! But there's a whole different conversation there. Um... Yeah, they, I don't like that. Maybe they didn't know. <laughs> I'm going to backfill that they didn't know and they were just being weird. They were just being weird. Um, but anyway, yes. he Henry is talking about how he loved it when they were in New York. But his last wish, which I believe we were talking about this when we were like, I don't understand how Hook got here. I guess now I, they kind of explain it, but it still didn't quite make sense. Now we know. Henry made a super strong wish in this in this fountain and that's and hook came to save them from their life and but like she was already dating the monkey (laughs) well i think she i think she had made
0: a wish about her family or like having answers or something like they they don't really explain it super well um and yeah so they're talking about the wishes and fountains and magic and dreams and then Golden and Regina are um, going into, you yeah, know, they're going to Chinatown and they they go into an herbalist shop and they meet the dragon and they don't explain how he survived. They're just like, yep, I survived. I'm cool. It's fine. And, uh, and then like the dragon's like, I'm not going to help you, Rumple I hate you and you're evil. Now you, on the other hand, Regina, I will help you, even though you're both asking for the same thing. I will help you because... Uh, there's this weird duality thing that we're exploring with your character for some reason and I need to make sure you do it right and uh oh, it
1: might just kill me. <laughs> I just I, I would like also to point out that I don't care for the fact that Regina's grieving process is her violently fighting against her her sadness mm-hmm. because she's just like she's like, No, I can't give myself into that. You're allowed to be in like consumed with grief. Like, this uh-huh. is a normal reaction to watching the man that you left be straight up murdered in front of you. It has been five hours. Like, you are allowed to be sad about it. And the fact that they're, like, just sort of like, no. She's going to be, like, really worried that if she's sad, she'll kill an entire village. Like, I understand the dark impulses thing. But then when you start thinking about it a little bit longer, you're just like, I don't think she's going to have that impulse. Because she's not consumed with hatred; she's just sad. Different. <laughs> it's different. Anyway, he agrees to help her, yeah. and then so he, he tries to her- help, and it yeah, it and doesn't it doesn't
0: work. work. He it, he's because they all talk about how magic is magic exists but it doesn't exist. He tries to make a portal, and he can't because it's not strong enough. And then they're like, he's like, but. We do have the heart of the truest believer here. Maybe if he climbed on a lion and yelled at a bunch of people, they would throw coins into a fountain and everyone would believe. And that's what happens. It's exactly what happens. And I, I don't want to play this card, but I'm going to play this card. Okay. Play it. Since the first time we watched this episode... I have lived in New York. I'm not a New York expert. I don't live there anymore. I am not a New Yorker. I can never claim that. But as somebody who lived in New York for a few years, I can tell you with certainty that if a a teenage boy stood on a lion and started yelling at a bunch of people about belief and, and believing with me and throwing your coins into a fountain... No one would do it. No. No. Mostly no one would
1: do it. So a number of things. Again, I will also preface this by I've been to New York uh, two, maybe three times. I don't remember how many times, but not a long enough to even consider myself a real New Yorker or anyone who knows anything about it. But what I do know is that the majority of the time, especially in front of a giant gold lion that Instagram photos would be taken in front of, the people in front of this would be tourists. Uh Also not stopping because crazy teenager, because they are people from the Midwest, because New York is just close enough to travel for Midwestern people to go see a big city because they can't go to Chicago because they're all afraid of Chicago as i've learned but they're also kind of low-key afraid of new york so they're constantly afraid of being robbed all the time so i will tell you my midwestern instinct is if i looked up and i saw a teenage boy standing next to a a lion talking about we must believe we must believe i would be convinced that there was another teenage boy picking my pockets (laughs) i just like that's like because my thought when I was watching this was a I'm about to be robbed because then he does bring up money and that we should get our money out which means we have to get our wallets out which then we were easy (laughs) for drive by you know like someone running by and stealing my wallet but also it seemed like this is the jaded part of me this seemed like brand activation from a corporation (laughs) Like, everyone was participating because they thought that they were going to get, like, a free sub out of it. (laughs) You believed! And that's what Subway will do for you. Everyone grab your (laughs) BLT sub from the side. Everybody thank our main man up here, Tyler. Let's go! (laughs) Like, that's what they were all standing there for. And, like, he's just like, they thought it was an act. Of course they did. They thought they were going to get, like, free gum or something. (laughs) Like what? Why else would they
0: have stopped? Yeah, like, it reminds me of, um when i went to san diego comic-con one year um like this was when that robin hood movie had come out the taron edgerton Oh which yeah, yeah yeah i recommend everyone watch at least once because oh boy you want weird steampunk mixed with a uh, medieval england camelot store type story um wh- it makes no sense anywhere that's your movie and it's so bad it's good uh, but they were doing a, a promo where they were giving away crypto. This is when Ugh. the Robin Hood crypto company still existed. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and they would just have like these people in like these masks, like the hoods, like, you know, and one of them had a motorcycle and he would just rev it. And they would just go around to different areas and randomly like give people crypto. And the only reason people were stopping is because they thought they might get crypto. And like, otherwise, they wouldn't stop for just a couple random people in hoods and a motorcycle yelling about the people. No. So no one would stop for Henry. This like, I get heart of the truest believer. I get an inspiring speech to the masses. I get giving Henry a hero's moment. I get all of that. This was none of that. And they could never make it that.
1: No, his speech needed to be different. Like, it needed mm-hmm. to be not him trying to give a full speech. It needed to be him trying to, like, recruit people on the streets. Like, this is how I envision it would go. Him trying to stop somebody and be like, hey, will you make a wish in this fountain? Like, just p- trust me, bro. Like, just make a wish in this fountain. And people are like, no, get away from me. Ew, disgusting. And, but then someone listening to him and asking him questions. And then as he's speaking and his passion, more people are stopping. And then Emma gets him, like, up near the lion so that more people can see him and he's rallying the crowd and they're not quite sure like it's he 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 decided he's a bard with inspired speech or inspired words and he rolled a nat 20 like that's just what's happening here no one can quite understand but like that's not what happened he just stood up there attention people of new york frost yourselves and they're like oh my god it's amazing
0: (laughs) I actually really would have, that That sounds like a really good idea. Not the frost yourselves, the part you were, oh, that damn. you were talking about. Before. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Where it's more just the passion and what he's talking about and what he believes just starts bringing people to him. Because like, I also don't think Henry's the kind of person who would stand on top of a lion no. and say people of New York throw, throw pennies into a fountain. That's not who he is. He's a micro-influencer. He's not a macro-influencer. Mm-hmm. And he's micro, and it would spread out like a virus because he is very... He's very genuine in what he believes.
1: He, yeah, yeah. He's not like a fitness influencer. He's like the kind of guy that had a grassroots TikTok account that mm-hmm. when people find, they're like, I don't understand why this guy has so many followers. And then they watch like three videos and they're like, this guy rules. I yeah. love this guy.
0: And the last thought I want to give to this is I feel like a lot was put on, a lot of blame and a lot of hate was put on Jared Gilmore this isn't a great performance, but no one could make standing on a lion and just yelling at people to put coins into fountains, no one could make that work. No, and no. I really feel like like one thing that's actually surprised me this second watch through is I'm more appreciative of Jared Gilmore as an actor for trying. Yes. And he was he was extremely talented when he was little. He grew into the role but the role didn't grow into him.
1: Correct. They fully didn't know what to do with him. And he was growing faster. I think they were. he was growing faster than they planned. Mm-hmm. Like, in a knot. Like, it was just between shoots and stuff. You forget that kids go from being two feet tall to seven feet tall very quickly. Like, it's just one day. They're taller than you. But they're still themselves. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> you are a teenager with the body of an adult terrifying um but they also like this is just what happens like i i will i just want to make sure because i know we were bagging on it and stuff like i would never i don't want i will never bag on a child actor no ever because especially in their transition years of going from being the adorable child that they brought in because season one henry was literally brought in because he had the fresh freckled face boy heart of the truest believer and then he goes through teenage years, which no one goes through gracefully. It's nope. just a fact of life. And the fact that anyone would dog on like, cause I know that this happened. People were just like, "Oh, he's not cute anymore. It's like, are you dead inside? <laughs> like what is wrong with you? You can't control that. And the fact that anyone would do that is awful, but it is the people that are in charge of his storyline and his words that should be taking care of him and not being like this character would stand on a Cause it'd be super cool. It's like, okay, let's think about it for two more seconds and maybe think of something that's a little bit more natural for this actor, because you sometimes also have to grow a character in the way that the, the actor becomes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not an adult and an adult can like morph themselves into whatever. But like if he starts turning into like a different person, you should vibe with that. And move Henry in that position, in that way, and not forcing him into being an extrovert. He's clearly an introvert. Like
0: He's the author. The, author, the author is the most
1: introvert the author thing you in the could shadows. be. The author sits yeah. in the shadows like a crazy stalker. Like, he doesn't... Also, by the way, why wasn't... Like, if we can be like, hey, the crystal appears in the author's hand, you know, parentheses, and now Rumple can never physically hold it. Because it's so, if he, if if Rumple holds the Olympus crystal, it burns his hand so bad he screams. Like, if you're going to break the rules, go all the way out. Break them just good. Break them good. Break them good and hard and just like, apologize for the whole thing. Don't break a bunch of little rules. Break them all at once. It's a big way. <laughs> Ethics. By Abby.
0: Well, the speech on the lion. Happens. It's, it's. <laughs> it's an uproarious success yeah. success, and everybody starts throwing their money into fountains and the magic returns to the crystal it is the dumbest thing one of the dumbest things the show has ever done i'm i'm not mad at it i'm just disappointed i'm not
1: mad i'm disappointed because then we <laughs> cut to by the way our heroes fighting hide but then the quarters start raining down and the pennies and stuff start raining down. And they're like, what is it? And Snow, their wishes. Their wishes, Snow. Their wishes. Money is randomly falling. You've got that figured out. And then, like, they're all just on board. Yeah. They'll,
0: oh, it's a portal made from wishes. Let's jump in. Wee. And yes, and they all end up at the fountain. Everyone applauds, and apparently Henry assumes everyone thinks it's fake. There is one person in that audience, at least, who is so their mind is messed up from this, and they do not think it's fake. It's gonna <laughs> haunt them forever. They're gonna wake up screaming.
1: The other person that took the whole edible and was just like, <laughs> "Guys, I I can never do this again. Why? What happened? I saw people come out of a fountain. I was lost and alone." There was a kid next to a lion or maybe the lion was talking. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm never doing it again. It was too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> that trip was nasty. <laughs> but then like, he was just like, they all think it's an act. And then like, Emma does that like adult talking to a kid thing. No, it's, I mean, yeah. But like for a little bit, they super believed. Good job. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> don't be a dick to him. <laughs> like it worked. Just be happy. But also those people are walking away going, why didn't I get a free sub? Like, we didn't get like a t-shirt. There was no one. There was no like, I guess. Who are these people? Like, they probably, could you imagine? They saw the thing blow up and they're just like, oh my gosh. Is this how Jon Stewart announces he's coming back to the Daily Show? Wait, who's that nerd? That's not Jon Stewart. Boo. (laughs) 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 But there's one person
0: missing. It's Rumpelstiltskin (laughs) because he has returned to see Hyde. He stepped into the portal as everyone stepped out of the portal. And Hyde is like throwing things around and having a little tempy tantry. He's having some big feelings.
1: And and Gold. Hold on. (laughs) First, First, first. The first couple things he destroys, he super destroys. But like the last thing that he destroys, they do like a weird cut. The last thing he throws, you can tell that he's had to throw it a couple of times. And it just—he doesn't throw it with as much force. It's just one of those things where I just—I—I I noticed it, and it was just one of those like he threw it, and he was like, "God, they're gonna make me do this again." Like I'm just gonna, and then we'll reset it. And then, I'll, like, I don't know how many times they made this man do this, but it feels like it was more than once, and he was 100% done with it. um <laughs> But like, whatever. But yeah, Rumple's just like there, and then now we reveal that Hyde has a history with Rumple. More uh-huh. of a history, and Rumble's like, "Oh, you guys, you guys split up into two different bodies? How quaint." I'm not going to really question that. Where's Bell? And then like tries to murder Hyde. Hyde's like, "No," oh. and and
0: Hyde extort, tries to extort him, and he knows that Bell is pregnant. I have no idea where he got this information. First of all, I don't know how he got that Bell is in the box. We talked about that last week. But I do not know how he knows the bell in the box
1: is with child.
0: Oh, wait. No, no. Snow mentioned it.
1: Okay. I was going to say, can you imagine he just gets in? He's like, what's this? Oh, it's a woman. And a fetus. Oh, she's a little heavy. Okay. Ugh. this It's always got a little baby in there. Oh, there's or no like, kick. He, pe- he <laughs> like peeked it open just a little bit. Like, I got just not enough for her to escape. Not enough for all the evils of the world to escape. Again, it's Pandora's box. It holds all the evils of the world, and now it's got a pregnant woman in it who's sleeping? Let's... Okay, come on. Like, let's <laughs> let's get rid of this set piece. It's weird.
0: <laughs> so Hyde claims he knows a way to wake Belle without True Love's kiss, and he wants to make a deal. And that's where we end that off with, with Hyde. Well, we end up with Hyde owning storybrook He just pops in, and he's like... And he, he walks down the street. The light is really bright. It was a bad time of day for him to be walking through town. It looks really bad. And he's just like, oh, a storybook. I've been looking for a place just like this. I own this town now. Rumpel gave it to me. Um, I am now your God and your King. And I brought all my friends. They're just there off camera. They're off camera. We not see giant any of
1: them. They're off camera near the giant school for all of the children we're that I've brought with me. Um... <laughs> Yes. Anyway, can one of you lovely ladies point me to the mayoral office? Um, I don't have a town map yet. I do own the town. I just don't know my way around. Isn't that funny? So, so bizarre. A deed to the town? No, I don't have that either. I just have like, uh, it's just two white guys made a handshake deal. You know. You know.
0: (laughs) And... Meanwhile, we we come back to to Storybrooke. Dr. Jekyll is with them and he's like, "Yeah, this place is super cool. I love it. It's great." Well, we're going to take you to Granny's. It's our only place that we have. And uh Violet and Henry kiss. We find out that Violet's dad was the the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which I thought was a really fun little reference. I enjoyed that. Uh it I don't know how often she comes back into the show and we do very well know she's not going to be a figure in Henry's adult life. Cause they're going to break up as you do when you're
1: young. I, I liked, I did. I also liked this. It just seemed like such like a weird, like lore drop just yeah. like hey by the way my dad's from connecticut and he thought it was super cool to be on king mark court like w- they didn't go back like he's like i the way she was explaining it was because he was like oh you are probably going to go get backed because your dad's gonna be super mad and she's like not really my dad's from connecticut he wouldn't act mad if you tried he's gonna bottle <laughs> it all up right in the bottom of his butt, right in the bottom of his chest until he dies um I don't know why I'm talking about Connecticut like it's a Midwestern place. That's what Midwesterners do. <laughs> Ohioans, we don't express ourselves. We just ball it all up until we have a heart attack. Um, yeah, like, it's fine. I just, you're right. We don't really see Violet I, to, a, to a degree in which I think we would like, unfortunately. I just wish she would have had more of a storyline with yeah. this New York trip. Because you're right. She's just sort of there and she's like i'll go find henry and then she's sitting with henry and then emma shows up can we have a minute and send the child away (laughs) just go stand over there lady (laughs) you're in charge you're the mom in charge you can't send a teenager who doesn't understand earth not earth america like and cities she lived in like a stable like you can't just send her off like she's gonna get lost Uh, anyway anyways
0: so the last big thing that happens in this episode is in the new york apartment neil's apartment which also has a balcony or a rooftop which i'm just like hold on a second this is prime
1: ass real estate how do they how how could you imagine being the neighbors of this place just be like i i don't know who lives here anymore and no one has ever moved to and from like there was that one guy and then no one was here and then there was that guy and his family, and now they're all gone. And now it's this whole team of people, and then that woman in a prom dress. I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> and Regina's out on the balcony. She's feeling sad. She's alone. Snow goes t- and gives her some
1: booze. With and Wine I- mom. Here comes wine mom.
0: <laughs> I thought it was cute that Snow didn't give any booze to herself, and I think that was, like, because the actress is pregnant, so I don't think – I think they wanted to, like, not – do something weird with that which i get and regina again starts talking about the evil queen being separate people snow's super supportive and is like oh hey by the way um this whole like split personality thing we can just like literally do that and then you can murder half of yourself like that let's not even think about it let's not discuss it let's not let's not consider the ramifications of murdering part of yourself let's just not do that
1: somewhere hopper is sitting in a chair going. Something terrible is happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my therapist
1: senses are tingling. Something super not chill is about to go down. Oh, no. no. Like, could you imagine Regina's like in therapy? Okay. I know we've been talking about this a lot and we've made a lot of progress. Tell me if you think this, is idea-, this idea is crazy. I'm going to take a magic potion. My other half is going to come out of my body. And then I'll just murder her. And then now I'm not bad anymore. Even though I just did a murder. <laughs> like, I'm starting this off bad. <laughs> Doing a murder immediately. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely fine. We'll cancel all your sessions going forward. Because you'll clearly be fine after you've murdered half of your soul. Just, okay. That's the plan. And then Emma's there, apparently.
0: Oh, yeah. And they're-, they're
1: not going to leave. They won't leave her be. They want to be there to, like, witness this very big therapy me- moment. <laughs>
0: I mean, I feel like it's important for them to be there because if they weren't, Regina would 100% le- let the evil half live and go away. Like, she would not be able to kill the other half if the others were not there.
1: She's she's throwing rocks at, at the, the queen like she's uh, John Lithgow in that, like, Henderson movie. Just go, get out of here. <laughs> go, back to where you came from. Get out of here, <laughs> sobbing. <laughs>
0: And so they give Regina the serum and they just, she just takes it. She just has it. And they don't, nobody even blinks an eye at what this means for a human being. They just do it. Like, let's just do it and be legends. And they do. And and <sighs> Lana Bye. Perilla is a great actress. And this scene is bad and makes her look bad. And that's what makes it so unforgivable
1: yeah. in my eyes. First of all, I one hundred I one hundred percent want to party with Regina, because she doesn't even bat an eye. Which Reg- like just it just appears she's like here, drink this, you'll be fine, amazing. I'll take, takes it, it's amazing. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, that was peyote. What's going on? Why did you take that? But like yeah, the split is like even worse it is only marginally made better by the fact that they struggle bus to get the dress part out of Regina. Like you can see evil queen struggling to get the tool to part with Regina's legs. And, and she like looks back at Regina and they like look at each other while Regina's half in
0: her evil. Regina's still in her body. And it's like this weird, like a look, it's like a mix of like betrayal and confusion and bewilderment and it's the weirdest thing uh, I don't know what the ch- direction she was given
1: I don't either but I definitely whispered quietly to myself now kiss <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she's out and we get some split-screen magic uh, they have a little conversation evil queen is like you can't get rid of me I'm part of you forever you can't you can't kill me and then she's like oh, you want to bet uh, and it rips out her heart and crushes it Which is so weird to me because, one, this is part of her. How does part of her have her own heart? Wasn't there a whole thing about splitting hearts to, like, make sure someone didn't die? How come Regina has two
1: hearts? I, yeah, like, why isn't she, like, splitting? Okay, this is the, like, she's splitting it like an apple that went bad. (laughs) Okay, this is, this is the bad half. You keep this part. I will keep the good part that I've been working on. You get to have that one. And then crush. Um yeah again this all really falls apart when you think about it for about 15 seconds because in the story of dr jekyll and mr hyde they are two separate people and so they kind of make it that way like they even make a joke like why do they look so different and it's just like oh it's a manifestation but like it's it's truly like he doesn't remember one to the other Mm -hmm. like they kind of They kind of do. He kind of gets... But, like, even the orderly is, like, briefing Mr. Hyde on how Dr. Jekyll is behaving. He's like, oh, he came down here to do this, this, and this. And Mr. Hyde's like, oh, he's not come down here for a while. I don't know why I'm talking like Bane. Um, (laughs) I was born in the darkness. Um, (laughs) But now I'm talking like the penguin. So, that makes sense. But, like, Regina was fully awake for all of this. So, it's like, she's just... I know for a fact that Specifically, me. I know. I think you were also um, party to this of just relentlessly arguing seven years ago about the fact that if you get rid of the dark part of yourself, you get rid of a very key part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And Regina should be acting like a like Cora was doing without a heart. Like you're you now behave differently, and the queen should be behaving differently because she's like the humanity is Regina and she's now all the darkness like there was humanity in the evil queen because she was Uh the one that wanted to like randomly adopt the children that she stole like it's not great the math ain't mathin but like there was a plan (laughs) like i would like there to be children who lived here but you stole us okay then get out no one wants you here (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, they're going
0: to kind of explore their weird complexities with that or their attempts to do so with the Jekyll and Hyde story because it turns out like Hyde isn't really the evil one. He's more com- he's more complicated than that and Jekyll's more evil than we anticipate. Like, they they blunder it in every possibility. I just kind of would have loved, just had the random thought in my head that it was Sam Witwer in an evil Queen Regina dress <laughs> coming out. And then, and then she looks down and is like, this won't do. And then turns it into herself again. Like, if they'd actually, like, done, like, some weird thing where when the evil queen comes out, she looks like an evil queen. And then she, like, glamors herself to look like herself. And, like, done been, something
1: like that to, like, create that true parallel. That would have been a wonderful thing. Like, that would have been a fun little moment. Because especially with Emma and uh, Snow being there. If the person that came out of Regina was still in the ball, same exact dress, same exact Mm -hmm. dress, but looked haggard and old and mean and terrible. Like it's a, it's the manifestation of what Regina feels about herself. Like I have to imagine that like there's a part of Regina who was doing all of that because she didn't feel like she was doing enough. She was being extra because she was having like weird dysmorphia. And she was just like, no, I have to be, no one will look at my face if they're looking at how tall my hair is so like if if she comes out and regina's like yes that's her that's the evil queen and snow going no the evil queen was you stunning so much highlighter like eyelashes that just go out for miles and everything and as she's describing it it's filling in regina's brain and then like translating into glamoring the you know something like that where it's just yeah like, yeah i get you i hear you that would also sam witwer in a just tall wig would have been hysterical <laughs>
0: <laughs> be incredible just pants put sam witwer in everything uh, and yeah, so then Regina crushes the heart of the evil queen, uh, and Regina's she hair
1: by the way very big. This episode. very very, very big, and wind big.
0: Wind. yeah. And then and then the evil queen, much like Spider Man, doesn't feel so good, <laughs> Mister Stark, Mister Stark, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 whisks away into the darkness. And then we later see the the dust kind of move its way through the streets and end up at the dragon shop. And reforms into the evil queen um we're we don't have an explanation for this. maybe we get one later um. Uh, I guess true evil cannot die as long- Oh, is that what it was? I think we find this out in the next season where it's like one half can't die as, l- as long as the other one lives. There's a special way that you have yeah. to, like,
1: I think it's like you have to go for a headshot situation. Like you can't like crush the heart because it's like what you're saying. Like crushing your heart doesn't do anything because it's your heart. Like, yeah. It's just like a manifestation and it's not your actual thing. Like, I also would have appreciated something like that. Like, and I know we won't get it where it's like, you know, the evil queen was never like a real thing. It's you. You're just like, you put this thing that looks like you out into the universe. It's not an actual person. Like do something with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde where they are two different people. But like with Regina, it was like, this isn't a second person. It's just you. You've just been fighting with yourself like a lunatic for like six episodes. <laughs> like nothing's going on here, but I think that's what it is where it's like i forget what the rule is they they establish a rule later because then it becomes a key part of the dr jekyll stuff um but i don't remember what it is i don't think it's heart crushing i think you have to cut his head off was something gruesome
0: yeah I, I think it's yeah it's one of those things where it's like they have to both die like one can't die while the other lives or like i know there's i do remember there is something that gets explained for why evil regina does not oh, die
1: yeah there's something that needs to be coordinated because oh my god there's yeah. a sword fight on a ship <gasps> i forgot about it it just filled my brain again i'm so happy because it, and then he's like isn't he like dating bell oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> this whole season's a train wreck that i barely remember but like pieces of it are falling back into my head
0: oh my god well we're gonna get to it but in the meantime everybody this has been season five episode 23 an untold story that we have since told
1: the old told was, story.
0: But was it a good story? I'd say no, not really. This was is probably one of the weaker season finales we've gotten so
1: far. Was it a story? Did it have a beginning, a middle, and end? Time-wise, it had a beginning, middle, and end. Like, you can have a timestamp, but did it? Story-wise, did it check out?
0: No, because, like, if you compare it to, like, the two-parter for the end of the Frozen story, the first half was a lot of build-up, and then the second half was all the action. Mm-hmm. In this one, the first half was uh, was set up in anticipation, and then the second half was just, like, a, a fart. It just felt like, this episode it's felt a f- like a fart. A fart in the wind. The answer, my friend, is a fart in the wind. And Pinnies pennies from are heaven. heaven. <laughs> Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank our patrons for all your wonderful support, uh, especially our Swan Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Patrick Stevens. Thank you so much, Patrick. Uh, You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing and you can join our patrons and become a supporter on Patreon. We have a new bonus episode out. Uh, well, it's newish. It's like about a week or two old by now. But we were going into all those wonderful bonus episodes that they did on the DVDs. And it was very fun. I had a great time talking about that. Uh, and that's going to be at patreon.com slash timing. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back next week. Talking about the underworld, highlights, lowlights, favorite memories, all the blue hair you can handle. I cannot wait. Well, I can wait because, of, because I, I mean, uh, I just can't uh, wait to be past it
1: and then talk about all the stuff in season six because this show is going downhill so fast. I just I'm I'm remembering why we were like so befuddled because we like mm-hmm. this is when we start. Like, we were like, start, let's do this. And then it was a Oh. We started wrong. Darn <laughs> <Started>, it. <laughs> which is what was great about going back and doing the epi- other episodes, like, like starting from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's so wild to relive this because I just remember how hard we were holding on. You know, maybe. Maybe it's fine. It's going to be. And as you said earlier in the episode, years and wisdom have taught us this. We're wrong. And our little star, like our starry eyed hope and all the spackle god the amount of spackle i did just trying to make stuff work just it makes so much more sense now as we were just desperately i feel like we were like on a sinking ship with buckets of water like we'll fix it we'll fix it (laughs) it's fine
0: but i i kind of enjoy going into it now with that perspective of knowing that the ship is going to sink and it's gonna sink hard uh, because it just kind of makes watching the train wreck a little bit more enjoyable. Because the show is is train wrecking, yeah. Pretty, pretty they, badly.
1: They already very clearly have jumped the shark, and that's an arguable yeah. point for a lot of people about when that moment was. But like, it's also like we got so jaded at the end. I know some people like towards the end of like our our original run were just like these girls like super just they complain it's like we now we're just having a good time yeah <laughs> just kind of bagging and be like this is we're having a great time while it's happening before we were just like why is it like this will it get better and then it didn't and then it we didn't. get sadder <laughs> oh i guess oh. <laughs> which is not an experience by the way you can have with like other shows that ended kind of not great like no. i tried to re-watch the finale of how i met your mother Can't. it was no. somehow worse it was somehow more disappointing because I was like, oh, this did actually happen and was not a fever dream. I'm upset again. But like this, this has been fun. This is a good time. And I'm also remembering that I need to go back and look at everything that happened in season five because holy cow, so much happened. Are we only going to talk about the back half? or are we, yes, talk about we already the whole? did okay. season five A. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank God. Because I'm like, I We're just going. Remember and, we're just revisiting the underworld. Okay. Also, so much happened in the underworld, like from season, from episode to episode, just a lot to like recap. So much sapience. They cram so much into it. So much unfinished business. So little time.
0: (laughs) Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week.
1: See you next week.